Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to Bread and Cup Podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Shauna. And tonight in our cup is another night of drinking tea, I guess. Uh, we have a nice fall blend here, a little bit of Rubio's and a little apple spice. Basic and delicious. We ate cornbread today. That was good. Oh, it's delicious. Love cornbread. I would tell you what brand, but they don't sponsor us, so that's not That's happen. true, so we're not telling that. But we will tell you that Corey makes it in this one of the things that Corey bakes that I don't I mean, I can, but I don't typically bake it. I tried and, finding a recipe one time. It was terrible. I just find the box of stuff now. It works way yeah. better. But the way that you do it in the cast iron skillet, it's and then stuff. you put the butter mm. in the oven and you get it hot and then you pour it in, that's, if I understand it right, that's sort of a Southern thing. Yep. yep. And nice and crunchy on wow. the outside. So it, it was yummy. Works out beautifully. We're just going to keep letting you do that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and this week we are talking about um, something that we typically don't talk about because it's a pretty touchy subject and yeah. because um but we feel like it's appropriate considering we are coming up at least when we're recording this on the time of an election yeah. and so we're talking about politics well in all fairness the three things you're not supposed to talk about is money um religion and politics we talk about religion every single week and two weeks ago uh or the last episode if you're listening to this later we talked about money so I yeah. mean, we may as well just hit the trifecta and the people that are going to hate and jump ship. That's right. That now, now we've given them that opportunity and we can all move forward, you know, agreeing to disagree or actually agreeing. Right. And, and to uh, be very straightforward, we are not going to talk about political parties in particular or talk about which party is better which party is preferred or any of those types of things. We and will tell you we vote, but we're not going to tell you who we vote for. That's right. That's true. Um, and then uh, discuss, and we aren't going to really get into politics in a more general sense. We're going to talk about like how do we um, respond to politics as Christians and how do we view politics and the role that politics plays in yeah. our lives? And so um, I will also say that this is one that you did not want to talk about, Shauna, because you really hate politics and you're afraid I'm going to say something um, that gets us all in trouble. Yes. And I, I can hold my own in a, you know, mid-level discussion about politics especially when it comes to certain things like educational policy or policy surrounding some of the, you know, um, marginalized groups or, you know, the types of barriers that kids in care or educational barriers. I like, which is what I do. I mean, and so, and, but the oh, thing no, is, but like the whole, like actual go America kind of politics talk, I can't do it. And, and that might be because I'm just a bad American, but well, <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, it's the but, Dane in me that, like, you know, every once in well, a while she shoves them. No, they're super political. But over there, I just blame it on being a bad Dane, and then it, you know, I always have an excuse. 
I hate but but uh, the worst. I mean, I I have worked in in policy side of things for many many years. Um, in terms of, I've worked for organizations. Yeah, you've worked on, for nonprofits that specialize in policy. Yeah, so yeah. so I think you were concerned that I was going to bring that kind of. Yes, don't. Vent to it. I don't I'm even want to hear about it. But our but, listeners don't want to hear that about that's it. That's the big deal. Is like I actually don't like politics. Like mm-hmm. I actually dis dislike. Um, I understand the need for it, but I don't. Yeah. I don't like the the charade and the parade well, and the spectacle honest. of all of it. And we, that's, that's ignoring what's currently happening, even going back when it was not as crazy as it is yeah. now. Well, so. what I was going to say is neither of us were popular in high school. We certainly weren't part of homecoming or prom court. So maybe our, you know, lack of affinity for politics, we weren't in student government, you know, we were like yeah. theater and choir nerds. So maybe that's where you know, that, that deep seated dislike of what feels like a popularity contest. We already knew we lost. Yeah. But I do think (laughs) we need to, to speak to, I mean, I have a lot of people that come up to me and say things like I've seen bumper stickers around where we're at the Northwest that says things like, Oh, Jesus was a Democrat. Or, you know, you see a lot of people that align their faith they're, oh, I'm a Republican because I'm a Christian. And we even go to a church where I think we have a pretty even mix of uh, Republicans, Democrats, and some different... The errant libertarian out there running around, <laughs> right. around with their legalized marijuana mm-hmm. stickers. But like you, you see a lot of different things. And I think that a lot of times people in church, um, uh, because these are two things that are very close to... That, that holds some amount of moral value. It's easy. Oh, they're they're to, both moral systems, right? But it's yeah. easy to equate them and and yeah. align them. And yep. I think that there's a lot of danger in doing that. And I think that we have started to see people do that more and more and more over mm-hmm. time. And really, what I want to talk about is why that's an unhealthy view of politics. Why that isn't. Why that is not the way that God intended it. Yeah. Um, and how it can, um, in many ways, taint your faith. Uh, it, t- I think it taints your politics too, but that's a yeah. discussion for a different type of podcast. But yeah, I'd, probably not ours. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Especially not with you on it because you clearly don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about that. But um, Also, I don't know enough to be worth listening to about that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but, but I do want to talk about... Um, this this desire of people or this need for people to equate their faith and their ideology mm. their political ideology yeah because i think what it what it does is it in many ways elevates politics to a place that is unhealthy okay yeah um it puts um political rhetoric close to it it puts it into a moral stance okay when in many ways it's not okay can you can you expand on some of those many ways can you give me two maybe just two or three maybe not many but two or three examples of how that happens sure so um uh going outside of Let's look at something very controversial: abortion. Right? Oh, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to talk about this, but but right, like we we elevate this issue 
and and the political response to this issue. Okay. And align it with spiritual response to an issue. Okay. So, um, or, you know, or, uh, I'm trying to think of another about one that's taking care of the poor or taking care of the poor. That's a great example, right? Like maybe a little fewer emails. About... <laughs> well, I don't get the emails, so we can say whatever <laughs> we want, but so taking care of the poor is a great example, right? Yeah. Um, politics for sure is a vehicle oftentimes to deliver resources to those that are poor. Yeah. And so when we, which is not a bad thing, I don't necessarily believe to be a totally bad thing or, or, or a good thing necessarily. I'm not trying to yeah. talk about politics, but when but, we, but we are, but when we connect that yeah. to our, we go, well, I'm a good Christian yep. and a good Christian feeds the poor. So therefore my political alignment must be with X, Y, or Z. We now have, okay. we have, we have taken power away from ourselves and away f- and, uh, uh, from us doing the action. Okay. And we have handed it over to politics to, to empower that. Well, my politics now defines yeah. how we treat the poor, how we do those things, as opposed to saying, this is something that we do, that we are responsible for. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about personal responsibility. I'm talking about like this shifting of, of weight to what is important in our life and mm. what is not important in our life. So I'm, I'm going to try to reframe this to make sure that I'm, I'm tracking. I mean, we've talked about this a fair amount, but it's one of the things that, because I don't like talking about it, we are not as practiced yeah. at this conversation. So biblically, you and I believe that Christians are called to be sort of in church shorthand, the hands and feet of Jesus, right? That if, if we, you know, give water, if we, you know, care for an orphan, if we care for a widow, if we care for the stranger, that we are in that same way doing that for Jesus. It's that providing care or help or whatever it is, that that is part of our um, faith and our faith practice. Right. And that when we say, I will choose to live out my faith practice, not in my community, not by aligning myself with, you know, awesome organizations like Wine to Water or participating in outreaches with our church or by, you know, volunteering directly, but I'm going to simply check a box and I'm going to sort of accept that, um, some unknown entity, right? Some impersonal entity is going to use my money or my time to sort of meet that requirement of Christianity. And therefore I'm then not obligated to be doing those things on my own. To some extent, I think it has to do with a word that we've used many times on this podcast and that's identity. Yeah. Okay. And what we are doing is we are shifting identity away from um, who we are in Christ yeah, and into a trust and a um, value add to a political system. Sure. That may do good, may do 
bad. It may do lots of different things. Yeah, probably but, a little bit of both. Let's yeah, be honest. It's a human organization. Exactly. Yeah. And so here, let me let me read to you something that is a paraphrase of what Tim Keller says. Tim Keller argues that we must never equate the Christian church or faith with a political, particular political party. To do so not only gives the wrong impression to those outside of faith, which is something we can talk about, but it fails to differentiate biblical mandates from practical judgment. For example, there are many ways to help the poor and forces Christians to choose between social issues the Bible speaks strongly to and choose between social issues that the Bible speaks strongly to. For example, social justice and the sanctity of marriage. So what it does is it moves um, social issues out of out of the church discussion mm. and puts them into a political discussion. Sure. And what we do... And the problem is that is that then we are in effect, taking what should be relational discipleship and copy-pasting it over a whole swath of people that have no understanding or even acceptance or desire to understand or accept the reasons for those disciplines to exist. Right. And we elevate, okay. and I think we, we, we elevate those things, those issues to a different plane Sure. when we put them into a political sphere. Uh, or we move them, maybe not elevate is the right word, but we yeah. we go, this is my morals, and my morals are exist within this political party. Okay. And so it, now it is untouchable. So opposed to, we are our family, we're the Burris household, and Burris has behaved this way, and we, we use that language with yeah. our kids, those are not Burris words, or you know, Burris's act with kindness or whatever it happens to be. We do put that qualifier in it because humans are tribal, and that's part of how our you know, our brains and our sort of our souls work. And so this is how we behave in this house, but they're aligned with this house and they get the full complement of the benefits of this house as well, right? They, it isn't just, well, Burris has behaved this way. Therefore, everybody who lives on our street or on our hill or in our city, therefore also must behave exactly the way we do. It's no, Burris has behaved this way. Because this is part of how the benefits of our family structure are, you know, they're intertwined with those benefits where for our neighbor, four houses down, they don't reap the benefits of being a Burris. Right. And it creates tribalism within that, right? Where it's sure. like Burris's act this way, good people. And if we change that to be families act this way, yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, but I'm a family. No. You clearly are not, and we create, sure. and and so we 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 lose sight of what what somebody else believes, what yeah. other people are are trying to do, or other expression. I would say, I mean, this is maybe pushing this too far, but it sounds like we also risk saying other biblical expressions are somehow less than right, right. because there are, I mean, in the last two thousand years, there's been quite a variety of what it means to be modest in your clothing. There's been right. quite a variety of what it means to, um, you know, have husbands and wives work together in partnership or whatever, right? Like there's been a wide variety of those roles, what it means to be, you know, employer and employee, uh, and the way that, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, how we serve each other and how we lead each other. The culture has changed dramatically. And so there are 
always biblical ways of living that out, but they're not going to look the same right? in every century or even decade. To me, it's one of those things where we go, we talk about, you know, being in the world and of the world. Yeah. Right. Such it's a Christian term. It is. Yeah. Right. But, but there is an element of that in what we're talking about. Like yeah. our politics will always be influenced by our faith. Sure. But our faith should not be. not be influenced by our politics. Yeah. And I think that when we when you start to see that happen, which is what you see, I would argue right now, both sides of the aisle across the board, is the best way to, to get people to make a political action is to go, but you believe this. And if you really believe this, yeah. you won't want this other thing to happen. Yeah. And... And that... So you're selling, some, you're selling something other than yourself. Right. As a political party or a candidate, what you're doing is you're saying, I actually am your best representation of this value you hold. Right. Therefore, to deny me entrance is to deny your very value. And your values are really the way you live out your identity. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so, and what it does is it opens you yourself to an element of manipulation because who you are is that thing and sure. they start and, and you are allowing an outside influence to put onto your values other values that maybe weren't part of your identity sure. of who you were before but all of a sudden those things get kind of put lumped put, in. lumped together and yeah. it creates an element of of manipulation if you will and i also think that it, yeah certainly because it's a power structure as well right right and that is one of the critiques that you and i have talked about with you know people who have deconstructed their faith and um, where they talk about so much of what they learned in church once they sort of began to really question, just question all the things, that that was, that was their frustration, that was their experience, that they felt so much of what they had been told um, was told sort of were these packaged, these lump values that got packaged together, well, and that's why we need to stay in power. That's why right. this particular pastor or this particular board stays in authority, opposed to we are under the authority of the Bible and of the Word of God, and we are in, you know, we have authority or we have um, uh, accountability to each other, but our authority is under this. You see this hierarchy of humans using the church political structure to remain in power. And so this very same thing has been used as a critique of sort of organized religion as a whole and certainly specific churches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, and it's, it's in many ways, it's valid criticism, right? It's valid criticism of, of the church and of, of, um, of this, this kind of power struggle that, that yeah. does exist. The other issue I think is more importantly is it's divisive of the church. And when I say yeah. the church, I don't mean like your home church. I'm talking about like... Although but that the, would be a problem. Yeah, it would be, of course. Yeah. yeah. But of the body, right? Like yeah. I, I know that um, I've had people say, oh, I don't know how you could be an ex and be a Christian, right? Where that's, you know, and in, in put in a political party there, right? Yeah. I don't know how, how you could ever believe this. I mean, I just had, we just, um, we just had a... Somebody was at our house and he shared a video and it's of a priest making a very political stance on something and saying, and he said, yeah, it proves that you, there's like, I don't know how you could watch this and still vote for this guy. 
you know, or this other guy. Yeah. And I was like, man, like we have, we have now said, if you don't stand with me, we're not, we're no longer bound by God. Right. Like we're yeah. not, we're not brought together as part of the, as the body. We're now seeing people through political eyes and motivations and not through the eyes of who Jesus is. And yeah. so Tim Keller said this, and I love this because I know, sorry, I've quoted Tim Keller twice and I got one more for later. Well, he just has really great things he is to really say. Good. Yeah. He says, Christians should feel more solidarity with other Christians and the other party than they do with their own party. And I was like, yeah, yeah. like and, our and, home team our fellow Christians. Right. End of the day, our home team, our fellow Christians. And that includes, as a Chiefs fan, Christians who cheer for the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. You should feel more solidarity <laughs> with a Christian Raider. I do have a good friend who do. is a Raiders friend. and He's a Raiders friend? He's a Christian, and he's and he goes for the Raiders. And the other day when the Chiefs you've lost to the Raiders, and I texted him, and I said, that was a good game, and we talked really nicely to each other. Good. And we're hanging out. So we're good. Good. Yeah, you should feel more solidarity with Christian Raiders fans than you do with Chiefs fans. Right. But again, it comes Except back to... Except for the Christian ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it comes back to where do we we put our identity, right? Like, yeah. Where do we, you know, Burris, we're Burris, as we say this to our kids a lot of times, because yeah. we protect each other, right? Yeah. We as a family, and just like as the church is the family, like we as a family, we look out for each other. We make yep. sure that like when your brother's getting picked on, you don't join in with the people picking on him you you stand up for him right like yeah. that's what family does because your identity is with us first and then it is then there are other things that that make us unique and make yeah. this this structure different yeah and we so. want you to have a big wide diverse friend group and interactions like but you don't have to identify with everyone that you um enjoy time with yeah Right, like your identity hasn't doesn't have to be connected to the fellow members of your running league. Y'all can just in that moment you're all just runners and you run together. Right. And and that's enough of a connection for that moment. They don't get to make decisions for you because you're all runners. And I think that's part of what this comes down to is we let um at least when we talk about identity, identity should be um the the bedrock of sort of our decision making, right? Yeah. And if I am, if I identify as someone who is kind and cares for people, then the decisions I make should begin and end on being kind and caring for people. Um, and I would say that when our identity becomes connected to Christianity, we start to close that proximity, right? We say that I'm choosing to make decisions that make me look like Jesus, like, these are the kinds of decisions he made, so these are the kinds of decisions I'm going to make. That's an identity marker. And But when we make our politics that identity marker, then the politics are the things making the decisions for us. Exactly. Yeah. And they the and again, they become that wedge, that divisive point for us. Yeah. They shouldn't be. But all of that said, I think that another point to be made is that um, we actually should be politically active. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we absolutely. But, but, but it's important. We should, we should absolutely vote. We should absolutely know who's representing us, um, especially in local elections, because that's where it starts, not just the big ones. <sighs> but, but, it, but even at a, at a higher level, because 
the problem is, and, and uh, the Bible talks a lot about politics, and especially in the New Testament, when you're coming out of, I mean, you're in a political turmoil, right? Like you have this, yeah, the Roman the, Empire is the Roman Empire is like, yeah, yeah, about to collapse. It's also um, bearing down on certain portions of the world, right? To to put them yeah. under their thumb because Ethnic they're seeing groups, yeah, that absolutely. they're they're seeing that their power is being taken away from them, yeah. and and I think that the response of the church during that time was, I think there were people like you who were like. Just run away, ignore it that it's happening. Oh, I'm not quite. I know. There. I know. I'm just saying. I'm okay. I'm I'm elaborating a little bit, exaggerating okay. a bit. Just okay, a tad bit. Okay, but like that are there. There are people out there that go. Oh, I don't want to. This is a messy, yucky subject. We don't need to say anything about it. It has nothing sure. to do with what we are doing here in the church. Yep. And then there's other people that are like, no, we need to rebel against the church or against against Roman Empire, and we need to shut them down, and we need to undermine what they are doing. And in Romans 13, this is a little bit of a long thing, but I'll read through it real quickly. Okay. But um, this is what they said. It says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established, the authorities that have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Um, before I keep going, like that always messed up with me because like what happens when you're in a world where injustices are happening yeah. at a government level? Do you just sure. literally sit by and go, well, God put him in charge must be what he wanted, which is the way that a lot of times we respond. Yeah. Um, but this is where I think the most important part is. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, for those who do wrong, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, uh, But for he does not bear the sword for nothing. I'll jump ahead. Um this is why you pay taxes, for the authority are God's servants who give their full time to governing. I like that last line, not the taxes part. <laughs> but the the authorities are God's servants, right? Mm. Understanding the role of the this is why political parties should not be put up on a pedestal, mm. right? These are God's servants. And they are, they are essentially what it's saying is they are attempting to figure this whole thing out. Mm. But God is still God and mm. his government, if you will, his yeah. governing way of, of caring for the people around him is still the all authority. Okay. And so don't elevate this governing authority that is by man above what God is already doing hmm. in terms of, of protecting things. That's a Tim Mackey thing, so you should be really on board with this because you're a big Tim yeah, Mackey fan. I am a big Tim Mackey fan. So, um, oh shoot, my document closed. I feel like, yeah. So let me, let me yeah. summarize one more thing um, from Tim Keller uh, before we kind of close all of this out. Okay. Um, so a different Dr. Tim. Yes, we love okay. the Dr. Tims. Apparently Dr. Tims are 
or jam. And this is a paraphrase, um, but it's essentially what he said. He said, imagine what great good would come if Christians could see people on the other side of the political aisle as not being the spawn of hell. And instead looked at, and he went on to talk about this, and but instead looked at the systems and the government and the, the policies that are being made around us yeah. as a way to care for and love and bring and bring God's goodness to those around us. Yeah. It's one more opportunity. It is not the way. It is right. not the only way, but it is one more opportunity we have. Just like we can literally cross the street and literally bring bread or babysitting or diapers or a hammer or whatever to our neighbor because that's how that meets their need. Or we could, you know, donate time and money to a local nonprofit or we can be involved in policy. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, you know, we do talk about this stuff for, for all the hyperbole about how much I dislike it. And I do dislike it. Um, I think I have a bit of a framework in my mind about how politics should work because there aren't really easy answers. We, there are Christians who vote in lots of different ways and, and have different levels of involvement from being high governing authorities themselves to wanting to have nothing to do with politics at all. But I think that no matter what, um, if you are a Christian and if you are, you know, working to close, if you are walking with, you know, that sort of that Christian journey of closing that proximity gap, um, there is a biblical framework of love, peace, and joy. And so you're nodding at me. They can't hear that. But I think... I was just agreeing. I was just encouraging you with my head. I love that. Thank you. I love that. Huh? Begin... Begin with love for others. That is, I mean, that is the Jesus creed, right? It, it is love God and love others. And, and if, if you get nothing else about what Christianity is supposed to be, it's you love God first and foremost, and then you love the people around you because he loves them too. And like, that's it. So start with love, love for the people around you, love for others. And that should mean that we don't see the people across the aisle as a spawn of hell. And it should mean that we look for ways to care for the orphan and the widow in all the opportunities we have in front of us, including in politics. But it means that we should also hold biblical love and affection for all types of leaders um, and view politics. and all types of people. And hold politics in a place where it is, right? Which is subservient to what God wants to do, right? It is yeah. a it is a manner in which we are attempting, in some way, to live out this life in a better way. Yeah. And and that will people misuse it? Yes. But people misuse cars, yeah. and we don't throw those out either, right? No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we are trying to go more towards public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, I think you're absolutely right. And that links to the second one, um, which is peace. Be at peace that our nation, and we live in the United States right now, so that's what I'm referring to, but it could be your nation. Um, be at peace that our nation doesn't determine our future. Mm. It controls a lot. Again, God is in control. Yeah, I, it, it does. It controls a lot. So I don't mean that our nation doesn't control 
um, aspects of what will happen in our future, right? If, if certain policies are passed, it could have a massive impact on how our family accesses healthcare or the types of jobs we can have, or the value of our home or, you know, all sorts of things. It's not that the policies and the laws of our nation or our state or our county doesn't impact us. It does, but it but we should be at peace that our nation doesn't determine our ultimate future. That at the end of the day, if we claim to be Christians, and if we believe what Jesus told us, we have a, a piece of heaven right here where we stand. We have an opportunity to interact with heaven in these moments, and that our future is more about that than it is about home values or tax rates or policy that our hands aren't tied because of where we are, nor are they loosed because of where we are. Yeah. So be at peace. Love, begin with loving others. Be at peace that our nation doesn't actually determine our whole future. And then the last one is joy. Take joy in our community. Take joy in the opportunities that, that we get to make eye contact with or eh, in moments of COVID, you know, like through the looking glass <laughs> contact with whatever that looks like, but it can be overwhelming in a nation the size of the United States, um, to try to think about how to solve all the problems. Yeah. When you and I talk about healthcare and education, two of our, you know, constant, you know, that's like record three side B, we just do it all the time. Um, it, it's overwhelming to talk about, well, how do you meet the needs in all the various states and all the different urban and rural? And what we need to do is take joy in the community we're in. That doesn't mean we shouldn't vote and consider the broader implications. We should. But we have people right in front of us. We have opportunities right here where we live to make a tangible impact, to really actually live out our Christian faith. Um, the irony of this is we actually, I was on a phone call this morning. We have a Monday morning phone call for my work. And again, we work in, in policy and, and some other stuff, but, um, and that was exactly what he said. Like it is overwhelming to look at the odds that we are against in, in yeah. addressing poverty and, and addressing, addressing injustices and, in, in, and addressing all of these other issues. Yeah. The systems that have, yeah, there's so many, people. yeah, yeah like there's so much out there. Yeah. But if you start with, I can do this one thing. Yep. Right. And, and again, I think that that comes back to what I was saying about like elevating politics. We look at politics to be our, our God in many ways to solve all the problems. Yeah. We stop doing that and say, these are my politics. This is the way I think things should go forward. You yep. should definitely have a, have a point of view. I think that's fine. There's not a problem with that. No. In fact, that's probably yeah. good. You shouldn't just vote. But when you start seeing that as the answer and not yourself interacting with your community around you as yeah. the answer, then we lose our humanity. We yeah. lose we lose sight of how God has asked us to live out our lives, has asked us to meet the needs. And it yeah. and it gives it again, it's a shifting of power. But shift the power back to yourself and say, I can't do everything, but I can do one thing. Yeah. And, and do that one thing well. Yeah. So the summary is politics shouldn't be a substitute for true faith, right? We shouldn't identify and associate or give weight to our politics by connecting them to our faith, but we should live out our faith 
in love, peace, and joy, loving the people around us, taking peace that our nation doesn't determine our ultimate future as Christians, and then take joy in the community opportunities we have in front of us and vote accordingly. Yep. Thank you for joining us. As always, please find us um, on typically Instagram. Share your political views. (laughs) Yeah, you guys, sure. (laughs) We we are willing to hear what you have to say. Um, And you can find us at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can always find us um, at our website at www. Why did I say that part? Breadandcup.com. No, it's breadandcuppodcast.com. It's dot com. com. It's dot com. We'll leave it there. <laughs> to join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.